1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, and away we go into an unbelievable weekend of football. We got two huge games on Saturday, playoff implications. We got the full slate on Sunday, where all will be revealed, and of course, the national championship game on Monday night. You can't ask for more. D, is here? Let's go. Here we go.
1: Only one place to start. Well,
2: the one place to start clearly is with all the NFL action we have going on. Hembo will be with us coming up shortly, and it is my delight, my pleasure, my honor, my privilege to welcome my good friend Damian Woody who's good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. Thank you, as always, D. Wood. Man, it's always a pleasure to be with you, my brother. So the question that I'd like to ask you here to begin this conversation is, because it's not really something we would take the time for on the TV show, but anyone who watches the TV show can recognize that I felt like for about the first something like 10 weeks of the season, you had a very nice casual look about you. You came in, sweaters, very nice. I thought you looked very nice. You looked at home. I want you to be at home when you were here. And then all of a sudden... It just shifted every week. You got the nice double-breasted suits, including today a beautiful gray number. But you've had that lately. Was this a conscious decision? What changed in the Woody household?
3: Yeah, it was very conscious. It was very planned on on my part. And you know, shout out to the wife. She, you know, obviously coordinated the looks and everything. And. You know, we always talk about you want to be playing your best ball late in the year. Uh-huh. You know, you want to go in, go into the postseason with momentum. And, you know, that was kind of like my mindset. I want to just, yeah, I had a certain look, a certain feel early on. But I wanted to make sure come, you know, the latter part of the year, playoff time, that everyone everyone understood what time it was. All right,
2: I like it. You you are you are playoff ready in every way. All right, we've got three things I want to get to with you in the time that we have you here. Let, let's start with the Bill Belichick of it all. You were drafted by the New England Patriots. Uh-huh. You began your career there playing for Bill. You won Super Bowls. They're playing for Bill. And be- I guess because we just sort of live in this microwave society... I feel like not enough attention is being paid to the fact that we are probably right before our eyes seeing the end of an era, seeing the end of something that we may very well never see again. If you had to bet on it, you would bet that in our lifetimes we will not see another coach win six Super Bowl championships with a team. Do you think Sunday will be the last game for Bill in New England? And if so, what are your thoughts? Greeny, I've struggled
3: with it um, because I know what Bill has meant to the New England Patriots organization I know how the 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 relationship between Bill and Robert Kraft, and the amount of success that both of those men have had in New England, but I just something something just feels like it's time, mm. that it's time. Like all good things come to an end. Yeah, all great runs, you know, come to an end. And New England has just been on this unprecedented run. I mean, think about you know we could go into all the stats and all the accomplishments. You know, the twenty plus years up in New England. But it just feels like with New England being in a year where so many things have gone wrong, they're going to probably have a top two pick this year probably, um, where they'll get an opportunity to 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 get a, you know, a quote-unquote franchise quarterback, that this would be the, the right time to kind of, you know, I guess quote-unquote go their own separate ways. Um, I don't think Bill would, would, would get fired. I think he's so accomplished and done so many things for that organization. You know, the scenario I brought up in, in Get Up was he gets traded. You know, we've seen that before. Sean mm-hmm. Payton got traded um, to, to the Denver Herman Broncos. Herman Edwards, Bill
2: Parcells, we've seen Belichick it time, we, himself. Yeah, yeah,
3: we've seen it time and time again. And so I think that's the, the scenario, to me, plays out very well, where New England Patriots get to re, kind of, quote-unquote, reset the organization, and Bill goes on to another organization where he, chases, where he can uh, chase that
2: all-time wins record. Which one would assume would mean a lot to him. And yes. I don't know what the idea of winning without brady would mean to him i I honestly don't know he's such a different person like i think it meant a lot to brady to win without bill i have no idea if it would matter to bill to be able to say i also won without brady i'm going to use an analogy i remember when kobe and shaq went their separate ways remember shaq won a championship first in miami and that was a very big deal. And then Kobe came back and won more with the Lakers right. and that all. Like, this feels a little bit like that. Like, Brady goes off. He wins his championship. Does Bill then get the last laugh somewhere else? I don't know if that matters to him or not.
3: I, I, listen, I, I don't know the answer. Bill is tightly guarded when it comes to those type of things. But I will, I will say this. We, you know, as it relates to Bill and Tom, we're talking about the two preeminent, you know, what I call alphas, yeah. you know, in the game of football, and, and listen, everyone, everyone, when you reach this level of success, everyone has an ego, Greeny. Everyone has an ego. Mm-hmm. You don't think it crossed Bill's mind, like I want to win a championship without Tom? I a chatter out there. I mean, this is the same Bill Belichick. I used to come in, go into the facility, you know, five o'clock in the morning. Bills on the stairmaster with a, with a, with a stack of, of paper with all the media clippings and what people were saying about New England and all those type of things. He hears the chatter, and I think he ultimately he does want to win. A- another championship without Tom. He is
2: so different from the persona that he exhibits. right? Oh,
3: absolutely! I, listen, I, I I wish everyone could get to under- could get to know and understand Bill. You know, behind behind the scenes, outside of what you see in the media, because he really does have a a funny personality. He, he he's that type of guy. Now, don't get me wrong; he is all business. Like he is all business. Um, but he does have a personality that, is, that is, is quite funny, to be honest with
2: you. I've heard that from so many people, and I've seen only tiny glimpses of yeah. it um, in, in moments that I've had in his presence over the years. One way or another, that may very well be coming to an end this weekend. Greeny with you, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Damian Woody is with us here. Then I want to get to two things we disagreed on on the show today. The first of them is... The very top of the upcoming NFL draft, the Chicago Bears are assured of having that pick. They've played a lot better this last you know yeah. month or whatever it is of the season. Justin Fields go up to Green Bay this weekend. We'll see if they get a win. They're eight and nine, which, yeah. considering they were the worst team in the NFL last year, it's pretty good improvement. And they have the first pick in the draft with Caleb Williams sitting there. If you were them, what would you do? I got to be honest with you. I've struggled with this a lot um, because. I
3: think – here's the thing that, 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 that I really struggle with. Greeny, you covered the draft. We all know that the draft is a crapshoot. Yep. It doesn't matter if you're picking first or Mr. Irrelevant. It's all a crapshoot. No one knows how these prospects are going to turn out in the National Football League. Here's what we do know. We have three years – we have a body of work on Justin Field where we can kind of evaluate and maybe project what he could be if surrounded by the type of pieces and type of assets that Chicago Bears could have if they trade away the number one pick. I mean, think about it. You trade away the number one pick if you're the Bears, they're getting a bigger haul than what the Carolina Panthers got
2: last year. And let me stop you there because we looked into it yesterday. I'll tell you exactly what it was. They got DJ Moore, right. which is a, a a Pro Bowl caliber, like top 10 player at his position in the NFL. Yep. They got last year's number one, this coming year's, number one and a two and another number one so we're talking about a, or another number two excuse me so they got all of that for Bryce Young to your point that last pick I think you could get another number one yes because it's Caleb Williams so we'd literally be talking about three ones two twos and a player how do you turn your – what are the chances Caleb Williams winds up being so much better than Justin Fields that it's worth turning your back on all of that? That's the question.
3: That, that, that is ultimately the question I think the Chicago Bears have to, has to wrestle with. Now, let me play devil, devil's advocate here because obviously everyone talks about the generational prospect that is Caleb Williams. We, we know what type of career he's had at USC. But more importantly, the financials of this whole thing. Being able to quote unquote reset the contract, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Well, like course. to have a quarterback, a, a rookie quarterback under under team control for five years, and to be able to use though use the salary cap to continue to build around them, that's a big deal. So I've struggled with it. My, ultimately, I feel like they end up drafting Caleb Williams, but man, it's so enticing to trade away that pick and get a bounty of picks
2: to really build around uh, justin field so look i know that people are talking about kelly williams like he can't possibly miss and i hope he doesn't I, everything i know about him he's a great kid i root i want all these young men to have enormous success but let's just analyze what the likelihood is that he's worth three number ones okay so i'm just going to throw some names at you T- take take uh trevor lawrence out of the equation it's too recent it, it's it's not fair to him to make this evaluation I'm just going to tell you the name of a quarterback who was the first pick in the draft. And you tell me, would you trade three number ones for that guy? Uh, Joe Burrow. Yes. Yes, for sure. That's a a yes. Uh, Kyler Murray. No. Baker Mayfield. No. Going back. Jared Goff. No. Jameis Winston. No. Andrew Luck. At that time, yes. Yeah, probably yes. So there's one. Cam Newton. (sighs) Three ones? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Let's even say, yes, he was an MVP, yes. of, yeah, the he league. Was the MVP of the league. Sam yes. Bradford. No.
2: Um, I mean, these are the guys who went first overall. Matthew Stafford, the, the number one overall. Jamarcus Russell, no number one no. overall. Alex Smith, number one overall. So the point that I'm making here is, more often than not, or at minimum, as often as not, when you have the first pick in the draft and you take a quarterback, it, it's, it's a 50-50 proposition. Right. Tops. The idea that you're going to turn your back on three ones. Like right now, who would you rather have, Justin Fields or Daniel Jones? Justin Fields. Uh, It's not even close. Right. Right. Well, the Giants have Daniel Jones on a reasonable contract. Justin Fields, you can have him tied up for the next two seasons. You pick up his fifth-year option. I guarantee you that by two years from now, they'll have some other kid in the draft everyone is saying is a generational prospect. In the meantime, you surround this guy with an unbelievable collection of talent, and we see what happens. One more for you here. D Wood in my studio with me that we disagreed on before I let you go. You believe if we were playing the confidence game, the confidence picks that you would say Matthew Stafford is the number one quarterback in the NFC going into these playoffs. Tell me why.
3: Yeah. I think that if you look at the last month plus, I would say with five weeks, Matthew Stafford has been playing the quarterback position as good or better than anyone in the national football league. Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl winner. Uh, Matthew Stafford has just been I just look at the way that the, you, people also got to understand the Los Angeles Rams are ahead of schedule right now mm-hmm. big part of that is because of the way Matthew Stafford has come back after injury riddle season last year he's been playing light south football now listen there's a there's been other factors in play as to why the Rams are, are, are where they are but mainly because of the way that Stafford has played particularly the latter part of the season so I'm all about how are you playing going into the postseason? Mm-hmm. Okay, not the, not the beginning of the season because if we look at the whole season, yeah, Dak has better had a better year. But how are you playing going into the postseason? And for me, if, if I'm
2: betting money, I'm taking Matthew Stafford over any quarterback in the NFC. Right, let, me, let me make your point for you. In his last five games, Stafford, 66.5% completion. Almost 1,500 yards in five games, 11 touchdowns, two picks. So he has been as good as anybody. He's the only quarterback on the NFC side who has won a Super Bowl. Now, Goff has been to one, and um, Jalen Hurts has been to one. Neither one of them won. Dak is the other option here. He's 2-4 and in his postseason career. The only thing I would say about Dak is, if not now, when? Right. Like, I feel like it's there for him, and I feel... I've, maybe, maybe this is my own my own bias that I'm bringing to the table. But I've always been a Dak believer. I've always thought there was another level he could take his career to. And this season, he's sort of done it. He was in the MVP conversation. This is the time. Here. I, here's,
3: here's, here's the argument I will make for, for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I think, first of all, get this win this week against Commanders. Yes. I think that is – it would be so big for the Cowboys on, on a multitude of levels, but mainly because you lock up – the you win the division, you lock up the number two seed. Now you got opportunity to have multiple home games. Yep. And I think that if – that we all know Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, they're a different team at home. Mm-hmm. And with the Cowboys are able to win, the, win those games at home. Now the road goes to Santa Clara. You win those home games. It's all about momentum. Greeny, you know this, like in the postseason, when you get to the end of the regular season, postseason, it's about momentum. Who's playing their best ball at the right time? And I think having those home games would do wonders for the psyche for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. They're unbeaten
2: at home, and let me just go through the scores of their games. These are their homes the, – the, the scores of their games, again, they won all of them. 30-10, to 38-3, 43-20 – that was against the Rams, by the way – to 49-17 – 45-10, uh, 41-35 was that great game against uh, the Seahawks. 33-13 was that game against the Eagles. So they, they have, uh, then the Lions, 20-19 to 19 the other night, in that game that was very close. So they, they've not only won, but they've been dominant most of the season yeah. at home. D-Wood, you are the best. Thank you, big fella. Oh, thank you. I uh, so you. appreciate seeing you. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you coming up next. I will explain why we may be in the midst of the unlikeliest story ever. That's next on ESPN Radio.
1: Greeny, the podcast. Greenie. Happy New Year, Hembo. Happy New. What does
2: that mean? Who says Happy New? I'm just reciprocating the thought. Here we You're
1: go not. again. You
2: just left out the word year? But it's implied, no? Well, perhaps, but a lot of things are implied. I mean, did you just say Merry
0: Chris? But I didn't use a word and a half. Merry Chris would be a word and a half.
1: Okay. We literally can't do anything with this guy.
0: You're shorthanding Happy New Year. It's three words. What's wrong with that?
2: I'm going to do what my wife always does. My wife will turn to me and say, well, I'm not speaking to you now for the rest of the day. So I think I may not speak to Hembo now for the rest of the day.
1: This is Greeny.
2: This is what we deal with on a day-to-day basis as we roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are indeed assembled around us. Hembo is here. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. Jack will join us shortly. Bubba just making his way over after recording the podcast with Buster Olney here. And so he's making himself comfortable. We were just mocking once again your ridiculous happy new thing, which is... I don't understand. It's... it's really going to catch on. Uh, but, but what does that even mean? I mean that me and Jack are both going to say it. Uh, it it catch on. You're going to catch. It feels more like something one would catch because it is
0: contagious like a disease. It's like that awful. It's that bad. I listened back to that segment. I sound really annoying. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I love the, I love, like, the shortening of the expression. Just that segment? Like I am very cringy. Yeah. Like listening to myself. I don't like at all that, that no one likes listening to you. I mean, yeah, that's how we feel. Every we don't know why we do this. I, I don't <laughs> know why I talk or am allowed to, but I feel the same way about me as you do,
1: <laughs> which
0: is a very odd thing to say. <laughs>
1: the, the self-loathing. Now you understand. Uh, it yeah. continues. Exactly. Three years.
2: This is why people shake nerds. OK, uh, in 30 seconds, I'm going to explain how we may be on the verge of the craziest story ever. It might literally be the craziest story ever. That's 30 seconds from now after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Okay, let's get to the scoop. The scoop. What is going on with Joe Flacco right now? is potentially on its way to being the craziest thing that has ever happened in football. And I don't think that is such an exaggeration. When Joe Flacco, who was a good but not great quarterback, won the Super Bowl in Baltimore, went just unconscious, had an Eli Manning-esque kind of postseason run, led the Ravens to an incredible Super Bowl victory, and wound up becoming, for a moment in time, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Bet on himself, got that contract, deserved it, all that stuff. That was unlikely, based upon his previous career, that he would do that. But it was the sort of thing we see in football all the time. If you're thinking about the unlikeliest Super Bowl-winning quarterback, so let's just keep it to the Super Bowl era, the name that first jumps to my mind is Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, who was bagging groceries not long before, Um, He became the MVP of the league. That story was so unusual, so unlikely that they actually made a movie about it. But he was the MVP of the league that year. By the time we got to the Super Bowl, this was no surprise. Jeff Hostetler was a a lifelong NFL journeyman backup quarterback type who got thrust into the starting role for the Giants when Phil Simms got hurt I don't remember what week it was. It was late in the season, something like, with, with something like four weeks left. It was something like that. And he led the Giants to that Super Bowl win in which they beat Buffalo, the Norwood field goal miss. That was unlikely, but he was a backup. I mean, Nick Foles was a backup. Those things, those are names you knew. They were players who'd been in the league and they'd been on the teams all year, and the teams won with their backup. And people sometimes forget that the Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins, who did not lose a game, played half that season with their backup. Earl Morrill started more games that year than Bob Greasy did, although Greasy came back in time to win the Super Bowl game, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, But Morrill was the backup. So we've seen backups thrust into the spotlight, Hembo, many times and winning championships. When did Joe Flacco get to Cleveland?
0: Uh, he's only started five games.
2: Five games.
0: Thanksgiving-ish.
2: And, and prior to that, he wasn't on the team. It's, it's not like he started five games because the quarterback got hurt that week. Deshaun Watson got hurt a long time ago. They went with two other people entirely. P.J. Walker and then the young guy with the three names. I forget. DTR. Dor- DTR. And they signed Flacco... In late November.
0: Yeah, the 30th of November.
2: The 30th of November. On Thanksgiving, he wasn't on the team. Let me say that again. On Thanksgiving, he wasn't on any team. What? It was November 20th that they signed him to the practice squad. Practice squad. So on Thanksgiving, he was on the practice mm-hmm. squad. He wasn't allowed at the big table on Thanksgiving. (laughs) On Thanksgiving, he was in the practice squad. So, you know, like when you're a kid and all the grown-ups are sitting at that table and you're sitting at the lousy little one and they've got the wine at their table and you've got, like, juice? Chicken nuggets. That's what he's got. Hembo's still at that table. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hembo,
2: Hembo prefers that table. But anyway, that's where Joe Flacco was on November 20th, November 30th. He, he was on the Jets the last few years. No one looked more done than he did. He was as done as done could be. He was as retired as retired could be. And for him to come back and set the world on fire, as he has in the last month, and lead this team to a championship, which absolutely is possible. They are absolutely in that discussion. I'm not sure this wouldn't be the craziest Super Bowl story that we've ever had.
0: So I looked up all quarterbacks to ever start in the Super Bowl that did not make their debut for that team that season until after Week 10. Mm-hmm. So backups that were thrust into duty late. The entire list is Nick Foles, Colin Kaepernick, who replaced Alex Smith. Right, he was on the team all year, of course, but yes. Jeff he- ha- yes, Jeff Hostetler, whom you mentioned. And then in 79, Vince Ferragamo for the Rams. Right, Pat That's- Hayden got hurt. Pat Hayden got hurt. That is... The entirety of the list right
2: and, and again those were all uh, Ferragamo was a pretty unusual I, I mean I was a kid so I'm remembering this you know as best I can Hayden was a was a reasonably well-known player he was a good player Ferragamo came in he was like a real good-looking kid and, and I remember there was a lot of attention paid to that and that Rams team made the run that was the Jack Youngblood team they lost to the Steelers in, in the fourth of the of the Steelers for championships in that run it's not one I remember as intimately I don't think it look Flacco has had a much better career than Vince Ferragamo. He's had a much better career than Jeff Hostetler. Who else did you say? He's had a much better career than Nick Foles.
0: And the other was Kaepernick. It was kind of a different situation. Well, yeah, it, I mean,
2: actually, yeah, he's had a better career. Uh, I mean, he's had a longer career than Kaepernick. No, he won a Super Bowl. He's had a better career than Kaepernick got the chance to have, too. So the point is, he's not as unlikely taking that part of into account. But the fact that they didn't, that he was a retired player. He was a retired player. He didn't file his paperwork, but he was a retired player. And they sign him November 20th to the practice squad, elevate him November 30th, and he might lead this team to the Super Bowl, and he very well might. That is unimaginable.
0: The amazing thing about all of this is not that Kevin Stefanski has asked him to color inside the lines and hand the ball off. The Browns have a bottom five run game since he became the starter. But during that time, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, a 38-year-old Joe Flacco, leads the NFL in passing. He leads the NFL in passing yards since he unretired. Yeah, He's got 24 completions, 15-plus yards down the field. That leads the NFL. Yeah. His average touchdown pass is 28 yards long. Joe Flacco is, like, flinging it. Like, he is the reason the offense can hum. And by the way, our analytics say that the Browns defense is the best unit Number 1 in the NFL, the first of 64 units in the NFL. So you pair Joe Flacco's Fountain of Youth with that Browns defense? I agree with you. Right now on ESPN Bet, you can get the Browns at 18 to 1 to win the AFC. It's pretty tasty. I'm in. Pretty I'm tasty.
2: And let's do it. Let's play that.
0: I'll play it right now.
2: I 100% like it. Play it right now. Okay, so Joe Flacco, insane story, and we're talking about it as the morning goes. You can be a part of Greedy Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Meanwhile,
0: I need you to listen carefully.
2: I just want you to know. I would like to bring Jack into the conversation. Jack, who is becoming something of a—I'm not sure what we would describe him. He's—he's—is he's, he Hembo's intern? Is he Hembo's? pecked I'm, I'm not sure exactly what he is but bubba and cam you guys know jack he is our dopo our director of printing operations who was hired by hembo's wife and whose primary job responsibility from what i can see seems to be following hembo around and generally making hembo feel good about he himself is
0: also an aspiring broadcaster
2: uh, and an aspiring broadcaster who is going to be a play by play guy and we're going to get him a gig and we will once again um show off your credentials on that in a moment but jack welcome back to the program Okay, let's get that mic on. Can we get the mic on there for him? (laughs) I actually think it's better when we can't hear him. (laughs) Jack, I think, is at his most effective when we can't hear him. Uh, Anyway, Jack has made his way in here. So I'm understanding between the two of you, and Bubba and Cam, you're going to hear about this just as the same as I am, that we have something of a discrepancy that involves Hembo, Jack, and Hembo's wife.
0: That's right. Um, So as I mentioned yesterday on the show, I gave Jack a wonderful and expensive backpack for Christmas. When you say expensive, what four letters were on it?
2: ESPN. And how much did you pay to own it? Uh, none. Right, because it was just given to you. In fact, it was given to everyone in the company.
0: That's right. Uh, but it's a nice expensive backpack. <laughs> and the retail that, price You gave that high. to Jack for Christmas.
2: I did. And what did he give you? He gave me a, a lottery ticket. A lottery ticket. A lottery ticket for he Christmas. He went out and bought a ticket, like the actual lottery that you could win, like millions of dollars. Is that right? Uh, I don't know about millions. I why think not? it was uh, up to ten thousand. Uh, so I don't know the story. Sell the, the to... story, Jack. It could be millions of millions dollars. Of you dollars. don't you even bought him a lottery ticket.
0: Okay, that's <laughs> like
2: what your uncle he, gets you when you're eighteen. Is, this is why he's the dopo. <laughs> um, so anyway, this was this was a lottery ticket that could turn into a, a it could could be a windfall, a fortune. And he you just how much did you spend on the ticket? A $2 ticket, but it could become something
0: very valuable to you, Mm -hmm. and he gave that to you. Which I thought was very kind. Okay. So I showed Lizzie, my lovely wife, who hired Jack uh, to this position parenthetically, and I said, Jack and I made an agreement today that if we uh, hit and we win the lottery, we're going to split our winnings. Wait, so so you said to Jack that the ticket
2: he gave you as a gift, Mm -hmm. if it wins, if it hits, let's say it is $10,000... That you were going to give him 5000 of those dollars? We're splitting it 50-50. Okay. And we agreed that that was fair. Well, what's fair about it? I don't understand. He gave you a gift. Right. Right? So if I give you a shirt and I say, but anytime I want to borrow that shirt, I'll wear, I can wear it anytime I want. We're splitting the shirt. Well,
0: that's different because the shirt can only have so much value. Okay, how about the backpack? If you
2: say, but every now and again, I'm going to need that backpack back for when I'm going to do something.
0: But a backpack can't turn into $10,000. A gift is a gift. So if he gave you the
2: gift, then if it turns into something that is worth $10,000, that's your money. My wife inexplicably (laughs) agrees with you. So she's mad at you. Yes. Yes. That you said you would split the five thousand dollars with him. Keep
0: in mind, we haven't even checked if we won anything yet. Okay, but she's you mad. Scratched it off yet? No, I've not scratched I it, it off. Gave it to you yet. like three days ago. You did, but I wanted to make sure that we adjudicated this here because I don't. I was actually planning on scratching it off because you guys know it. how I feel about the lottery. Okay, but either way, Lizzie doesn't agree with this. She's she she found it offensive. It is. But you think it's offensive, right? I, so if if you gave me right a piece of let's say. That was worth almost nothing. right? And we came to find out that it was worth $10,000. Right. You think I should be able to sell that for $10,000?
2: There's a couple of reasons why that isn't the same thing. Hmm. But generally speaking, the answer is yes. If I give you a gift then get to the, you know, buyer beware or whatever, caveat emptor, or whatever whatever that expression is, if I give you something, it now becomes yours. And if it all of a sudden proves to have far greater value than I thought, that's not your problem and it's not your <laughs> fault. He's 100% right. Jack, do you feel that you are entitled to $5,000? No, no, I don't. I would definitely
5: accept it gratefully, but you would I accept don't it. think I'm entitled. You would well, accept, no it. Yeah, I would accept it. wouldn't accept it.
2: What person in the world would you say, here, I'd like to give you $5,000 and they say, eh, no thanks.
0: No, it sounds like the integrity of this lottery thing is super important to people. No, it's not. (laughs) It is not that. The point is
2: you are under no obligation. I feel like it's not like you said out of the goodness of your heart, you know what, that's such a nice gift. If I win it, I'm going to split it with you. It sounds to me like you feel you are obligated to split it with him, and we're telling you no, you're not. No,
0: I would feel dirty spending those $5,000 knowing that Jack spent two on this lottery ticket that
2: hit, and he gets nothing. You know what you could do? Could you I could do? give him back two dollars <laughs> and then you could keep the other nine thousand nine hundred and ninety. There's another factor of play here. What Jack is it?
0: Is that you Cam asked me yesterday, is Jack paid? And I answered yes. Modestly. Modestly. Right. Was is accurate to Which is part of the discussion no, too. No, it's not. If you gave me a lottery ticket. Right and it hit. Right. I wouldn't feel obligated to split it with you, certainly. Okay. But Jack is below me on the totem pole and you are above me on the totem pole. But here's
2: what I would say, if you gave me a lottery ticket and it hit, I wouldn't feel obligated <laughs> to <show it. laughs> So, people might say this is different. So, Bubba, over the many years on Mike and Mike and on this show as well, right. we have bought lottery tickets together. See, that's the difference. We have pooled our resources and bought lottery tickets together. We've all chipped in. That's not the same thing as one person giving another person a lottery ticket. Let me just check in with Bubba and Cam here. Do either of you feel differently? If, if, if Bubba, if you give Cam, if you give Hembo, if you give anybody a lottery ticket and it winds up being worth a million dollars, does that person have any obligation to share it with you?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really tough thing, and this is really why giving lottery tickets is is a slippery slope. I personally it's not a slippery slope; it's a
2: terrible idea. No, it's a terrible. Well, I agree. Yeah, you. you really Jack, just, I love you. You're you really a nice kid. It's a it. terrible gift,
1: but go ahead. Yeah, you, you really just shouldn't do it because this stuff happens. <laughs> but yeah, I mean honestly, if it were me and I won, I would probably I would give the other person. I would just say probably five percent. I would just give them five percent. So if I won a million, I would give them fifty thousand. Um, because just, I just feel hmm. like they deserve something for doing it, hmm. but I, I don't think it's a it's a guarantee that you just have to like split it with them or do anything like that, and I think it's certainly fair for the people to not give them anything. I think because it was just a gift, but I understand why if 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 you know if Cam gave me a card and I won a million, I would understand why he would be frustrated and disappointed. (laughs) I would never do that. Yeah. um, So yeah, I, if I won, I would give the person 5%. That's what I would. I think that's a level-headed take. That's what I said to Hembo before.
5: Like if I won 10,000 on a ticket that he gave me, I would probably give him like maybe a thousand
2: or 2000. I don't Hmm. think I would split it 50, 50. Once again, you can do anything you want. The question is, what are you obligated to do? And in my opinion, a gift is a gift. Once someone has given you a gift, it is no longer theirs. If, if you give him a lottery ticket... You are accepting the possibility it's that true. it might be worth millions of dollars if you're it's not true. willing. That's the reason I would never give you a lot. <laughs> I told you guys, the only time I ever bought a lottery ticket in my life was because my friend Eduardo and I went to a place to pick up sandwiches for our kids. You know, our, our sons are our best friends. They were playing together. And we went out to get lunch for everybody and we stopped in a place where they sold lottery tickets. He said, I'm going to buy some. I said, dude, you have to let me split this. with Whatever you're buying, I'll give you half the money because I will never be able to live with it if you win a billion dollars while I'm standing here and, and I wasn't in on it. It's the only time I ever bought a lottery ticket outside of our group in my life because you, you, I'm, not will, I'm not willing to live with the fact that I give him a lottery ticket and he wins a billion dollars. Well,
5: Hembo raised a, a more concerning point. Because I gave out the tickets and I said, ah, if you win, just buy me coffee for a week. That's all I ask. And he said, if I won, I wouldn't tell you that I won anything. So hmm. all week, people have been coming out to me telling me I haven't won anything. I said, I got bum tickets. Now, Hambo's planted the seed in my head that people are just lying. And Maybe we you have... gave
2: tickets to other people? What? Yeah, we,
5: ha- we could have five to ten people
1: <laughs> around the seaport <laughs> sitting on ten G's. And I have no idea. Well, I feel like he already planted the seed. If you told people, just buy me coffee, then that's it. You are you already told people what you wanted. You're a terrible negotiator. <laughs> you said, if if you win, buy me coffee. So that's the obligation. It's done. I'm not comfortable with this at all. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. This whole thing is such
2: an incredibly bad idea. Jack, stick around. We've got to sell him a little bit as we go. We're going to take a short break here. We'll come back with that. Plus, there was someone who was just getting off much too easy Besides Hembo, and we'll explain who that someone is and why as we roll on. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
6: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine.
1: Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast.
2: I like that song choice there, the uh, hashtag crew. Well, the, you know what? I think Jack gets to be a member of the hashtag crew, right? Ooh. Don't you think? He deserves that. Do
0: we need to put it up to a vote or are you just deciding as the hashtag?
2: Well, let's put it up to a vote and then if it doesn't go the way I like, I'll overrule it. Um, Bubba, do you believe we got hashtag Bubba, hashtag Cam, hashtag Hembo, and hashtag Greenie? Big moment. Do you think that, uh, is is Brandon a member of the hashtag crew? Is he hashtag Brandon Bubba?
1: Brandon for sure. Brandon for sure. Brandon, I am definitely a yes.
2: Okay. And then how about Jack? Is Jack hashtag.
1: Jack, Jack. I would like to see a few more. I'd like to have him on the show a few more times. I'm to, open to that. I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I think the less Jack we have well, on, the you're trying to make him a, a hashtag. Rule. Well, then I don't think we call him a hashtag. If if we don't want him on the show, then he can't be a hashtag member. Mm-hmm. He's a character here at the seaport. He's a recurring character. He's he's like Newman. I just right? got. I just got to see him. I we got. I got to experience him a few more times to decide if he's worthy. By the, of the way, hashtag. if we can show I got, Jack, it's like Sponge-worthy. I got to see if he's hashtag-worthy
0: on camera. One Greeny, there is an outfielder for the Chicago White Sox named Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, he looks that just like. Him. Looks just like Jack. Yeah,
2: and it, and it's it's a. Oh, I was going to make a joke, but I don't want to do that at, at, at the expense of Mr. Benintendi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very quickly, before we let you go, Jack, if there's one major issue I have with you, it's not only that you are giving, first of all, you're giving everybody lottery tickets as a gift? Not everybody. No, but a lot of people. A select few. Uh, Well, I mean, how many? Fifteen. Fifteen is a lot not of a select few. How many people do you give holiday gifts well, to? There's a 15? decent amount of
5: people here at the SeaPort. You
2: give everyone someone definitely won. Gift?
5: No, not everybody.
2: Specifically, not everybody. I don't think there are more than fifteen people that work here. <laughs> who are you not giving gifts <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, who's on the, who are the list? Of don't <laughs> did you it? give a gift to Molly and Stephen A?
5: I did. Well, I haven't given a gift to Stephen A yet because he hasn't yet? been here yet. He's, he's what are you a, giving Stephen A? Yeah. Well, the, the same thing that I gave you a nice handwritten note, and then I'm giving him a. Uh, you of gave the-
2: me, you gave me a Tweety Bird, uh, like stuffed animal for my dog, yeah, which was a very sweet gift. But I, you need to understand that you then made me feel terrible that I didn't get anything for you. Ooh, so this whole no. experience, candidly, was you. Worse for me because I didn't win (laughs) $10,000. You've (laughs) given me an opportunity. You've given me an opportunity. What opportunity have I given you to print
5: Hembo's stuff? Make fun of you? To to hopefully (laughs) become part of the hashtag. (laughs) To be made fun of
2: more than half of Hembo's lottery. Here's the biggest problem I have with you, Jack. You are a supporter of Hembo's happy new thing, Mm. which he really, guys, he really genuinely thinks (laughs) this thing is going to catch on. Brandon, you weren't here the other day for this. So I literally out of I mean we're starting the show. I said Happy New Year, Hembo, and he said Happy New, as though that was a thing. And he, with the support of his little intern over here, Jack, <laughs> has decided this is going to catch on. It's not catching on. It's awful. No one in on Mother's Day is going to say Happy Mother. Like, that's just not what's going to happen here. Like, the, the new year, year is critically important to the whole thing. One of my
0: resolutions for the new year was to be more precise with my speech, to be more efficient. I have conversations well, with... It, a, it might be more efficient, but it's not more precise. It is much more Happy precise. Happy New it's Year is much precise. more... It is. Happy
2: New could mean anything. It is the opposite of precise. Oh, it's,
0: it's as precise as a razor blade no, because I'm not. using
2: two words when you don't need three if for that's it. That's efficient. It's not precise. Oh, it is both. Precision has nothing to do with how many words you use precision is not efficiency you're mixing up two things that have
0: nothing to do with each other. that is other. not true at all i'm going to be precise and efficient with my speech and that checks both boxes i'll tell you right
1: now if jack supports happy new he's not getting a hashtag
0: <laughs> uh, that's probably fair
2: are you willi- are you willing to abandon hembo on happy new in order to earn your hashtag
5: I Remember might. where
0: your bread is buttered.
5: <laughs> it's a, a fair point. I do have to sit with him for, for three hours during get-up, so I might have to, to go down with the ship.
2: He really does. Like, And what happens is every time Hembo gets up and leaves, Jack just follows him. <laughs> it's as though they're tethered together.
0: By the way, uh, Bubba, did you happen to see us gritty today on TV?
1: Oh, I saw that's, what, of, that, that's yeah. what that was? <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure. I mean, Jack did a pretty good job. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm not sure what. It was a nitty-bitty gritty. Hembo did. <laughs> I was actually stunned.
2: For those who didn't see it, that was in, when um, Harry Douglas got the answer to the trivia question wrong. I really thought he would get it right. Me too. The trivia question was, um, A.J. Brown has seven 100-yard receiving games this season What other Eagle has had that money? It's tied for the most in in any season in Eagles history. Who would it be tied with? And I figured if you don't know, then Terrell Owens is the most obvious guess. So I assumed he would guess Terrell Owens, and he did
0: not. He guessed Deshaun Jackson. Jack and I had the gritty prepared. We had practiced. And I would say that he executed it well, and I would say that I executed it poorly. And watching, I, I'm much stiffer than Jack somehow, who's super stiff. <laughs> um, that's not a, 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 a movement a person that looks like me should do. No, well, what gave you the impression you were
2: going to gritty? Well, it was his idea too.
0: Well, what could I do well if he gets it wrong? <laughs> I dance. What do you suggest?
2: I, I mean, you could do almost anything. You guys did the choreographed Mahomes. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, what is her first name? Uh, Brittany Mahomes. Brittany Taylor Swift. And, and
0: Taylor Swift. But we can't thing. duplicate
2: dances well you can do anything like lebron and his teammates all have those funny like handshakes yeah, you could do a the fish handshake.
0: we might benefit from a handshake do
2: anything that-, that doesn't involve dancing yeah. maybe do the charleston Ch- Ch- parenthetically oh. let me also add that there is no law that says that if he gets it wrong you have to dance you just decided the f- once upon a time if he gets one wrong i have a dance prepared and then you decided we're just going to do it every time
0: so do you think we should discontinue it I think it should never have
2: started in the first place, and I think that it it is bring. I think viewership on our show will triple if they know they're not. There's zero chance they're going to be subjected to you guys dancing. In all fairness, Harry threw the first punch.
0: He did. While I was gone, mind you. In fact,
5: it got to the point where the the lighting department was in on it. It turned into a nightclub after he
2: got the questions right. We we had to answer back. But the other side of that, the flip side of that is, have you seen Harry dance? That's a fair point. It's exceptionally exceptional fair point. If Harry Douglas went on Dancing with the Stars, there would be no competition. He would be by far the best dancer that they have.
0: No, he's... He is light years ahead of where we are. So,
2: Jack, things continue to progress well for you here as the DOPO, the Director of Printing yeah, Operations. I'm having a great time. It's awesome to be a part of this place. But your primary job, your primary dream is to be a play-by-play guy? Yes. And, so how, and tell us,
5: everybody, what you do. Uh, so I do play-by-play broadcasting for uh, a couple different companies. I did some games last weekend, doing basketball this weekend. What mainly. games? I meant teams. Uh, you basketball, baseball. I've done some work for Monmouth University. Monmouth. So. But looking for opportunities. So
2: if you're looking for somebody, reach out. We'll, we'll get you in touch with Jack. Mm. Um, and, and, and maybe he'll become a, a member of the hashtag crew. Well done, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you know, is it is reminiscent of the Seinfeld episode where George gave everyone the, gift certificates for making a. He said, a donation has been made on your behalf to the human fund. And then when they investigated it, they realized he had just made that up. And all they did was give people
1: these <laughs> these pieces of paper, and they come to him, Bubba. What exactly is the line that he said? Uh, I checked with the accounting, and there appears to be there's no human fund. And, and what does George say? <laughs> well, there could be. That's
2: exactly what he <laughs> says. <said. laughs> and Kruger says, but there isn't a dedication. A, a donation has been made on your behalf to the human. Fund.
0: So, at, from this point forward, are we discontinuing the uh, the notion of giving lottery gifts for Christmas? Oh, for sure! Lottery tickets are not a good gift because they inevitably lead to this
2: issue. <laughs> you should not give me a gift that requires a negotiation in order for me to accept
1: it. Although I think you should give Stephen a one.
2: Um. <laughs> I did not get him a lottery ticket. <laughs> we'll be right back. Are someone's getting lit up next?